0: Warning, this episode of Androids and Assets contains spoilers for the Black Panther. Be advised. Hello, and welcome to Androids and Assets, a weekly podcast about the political economy of science fiction and fantasy. I'm joined by my co-host, host, other host. I don't think it's about me as a host and you as a co-host, or host and host. Yeah. <laughs> We're both co-hosts. Co-hosts. <laughs> uh, and we are here today traveling to the magical land of Wakanda. So Marshall, what uh what's your what's your what's your hot takes on on Black Panther? Uh Black Panther, a 2018 movie, uh directed by Ryan
1: Coogler, uh starring a whole bunch of people, Michael B Jordan and uh ah. Chadwick <laughs> Boseman and Forrest Whitaker, yes, yeah, Forest Forrest Whitaker's <laughs> in there. It's star the cast. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a movie about a dynastic struggle in the African uh, nation of Wakanda. The royal family fighting for control over who's going to rule Wakanda, uh, and all of its people are, you know, pitted against each other in a,
0: a war that doesn't really involve them. Where civil hands makes, or civil blood makes civil hands unclean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Marshall, uh, we're, we're doing a new, there's a, I would like, this is our first ever Androids and Assets segment um, in which we do the first appearance of the Black Panther. Marshall, would you care to walk us through the first <laughs> appearance of the Black Panther?
1: So, I mean, uh, I recently read, um, a Black Panther comic by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, and and in the um, collected trade paperback version of it, Marvel uh, kindly includes the first ever appearance of Black Panther in a Fantastic Four comic. So this is from oh, how old is this uh, uh, original story?
0: 60s. Yeah, of course, give me the date. Fifty-two. Oh, July nineteen fifty-two. There you
1: go. Wow. Yeah, it's old. It's so July of 1952 in, in uh, uh, Fantastic Four, we have the first appearance of the Black Panther. And it's, it's interesting because Black Panther um, was invented uh, by, by uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, Stan Lee uh, sort of as a, a villain for the, the Fantastic Four. Uh, and I mean, I haven't read further, so I don't know how his story changes. It's the '50s, and comics were incredibly uh, bad and hard to follow at the time. So, I mean, they were good, but they were also bad. They invented a lot of really cool characters and set up a lot of great stuff, but it was also a bunch of white men inventing characters, and they were super racist. Doing a and, lot of race,
0: a lot of race baiting, a lot of red baiting. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so there's, there's problems with 50s comics. but um, It's not all caviar and clay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Black Panther from Wakanda sends a plane to the Fantastic Four, and it's a plane that flies by magnetic waves, and it's so advanced beyond anything that anyone could ever see. And the, the Fantastic Four are just astounded as to how could an African chieftain have such a cool plane? We have to go meet him and find out how he did this because... He's African. And, and so um, they, they decide to fly the plane, take it back uh, to Wakanda to meet, meet the, the Black Panther. And along the way, they have to stop and pick up Johnny Flame, who is in college... Which I didn't understand. I thought they were all like advanced scientists. No, it's a family.
0: <laughs>
1: I thought Johnny was like no had a degree. No, he does not. He's just going to
0: college. Yeah, he's Sue Storm's brother. Like the yeah, but brother. I don't
1: know how. How did he get on Bec- a ship?
0: Because into it, it, space? It, there's this whole Swiss Family Robinson like <laughs> thing they got going on. <laughs> it's weird. I, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, just- so they go pick up Johnny,
1: and he says, "Oh boy, can I bring my friend uh, Wyatt Wingfoot?" He'll be just jazzed to come with us, um, and it's a very important that they bring Wyatt because Wyatt uh, is indigenous. I don't know; they don't really make it very clear. At some point, they talk about uh, the blood of his red skinned forefathers flowing through his veins, that and it makes him very sneaky. <laughs> he's the scout, yeah.
0: Huh? Super racist.
1: <laughs> oh no, he's an Indian, so he's really good at sneaking around, and and uh, he's super dangerous. Oh,
0: okay. Good. This this comic couldn't be just one type of racist. <laughs> it's one big tent. Jack Kirby and Stan
1: Lee, one big tent. Uh, so they fly to Wakanda. They get there. And rather than being greeted by the Black Panther or anything, um, the, the King T'Challa, it's just that... They're immediately attacked, and he's saying, I want to prove that I'm better than all of you, so I've devised all of these ways, and I'm going to trap and destroy you um, just to show that I'm so good, as people do, yeah. regularly pitting your strength against in, the In Marvel Comics four. all
0: the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and he's quite successful. He's He has traps laid for all of them um, a, a box that
0: is a vacuum chamber that sucks and all the air out so puts johnny flame in there <laughs> who do then dies of hypoxia and is never <laughs> seen again <in> apparently <laughs> i mean i guess johnny doesn't need to breathe apparently not uh
1: he finds something else that knocks out the thing and various other traps but wyatt wingfoot said "Ooh, i'll be your scout and he snuck away and he found some bad guys, and he put them in headlocks, and then he sp- springs all the traps and... Uh, saves the Fantastic, saves the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Saves the Fantastic Four, and then the Fantastic Four and Mr. Fantastic. Well, when you fight against all of us as a team, there's no way you can defeat us. Shouldn't you have known that, Black Panther? Even though that's not at all what happened in any way in the comic? Not at all. I mean, it's a long, loud tradition of <laughs> white men taking credit for <laughs> other people's
0: achievements. That's true. So Yeah, so there you have it. The first ever appearance of the Black Panther. Uh, and and oh. thankfully, it's come a long way. A very, very and, long way. Uh, <laughs> and we're really grateful for uh They, they could have really fucked this
1: one up. <laughs> they really could have. <laughs> uh, it seems, though, that someone at Marvel just said, you know what? Let's just be hands off on this one. Yeah. Like, we're not going to get in here and, and
0: try and do this. We'll let the experts handle it. Uh, and it turned out really well. Black Panther ends up being a movie that is about African and people of African descent um, that is made by and involving a lot of people, predominantly people that are African and of African descent. And that makes it a lot. That, that redeems it a, a great deal, I think. And, you get, and the, and the Afrofuturism that, the Afro that they kind of bring forward is actually like super cool. It's,
1: I think a lot of the success of this movie, you can see in that uh, black people around the world we're super, super excited and, um, just like grateful that this movie was made. You see theaters full of, of, of young black people who went to see this movie and they said like, this is the first time that I got to see a movie that was, you know, had a hero that looked like me and was, was, had a cast that, you know, reflects our diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's great. It's everywhere. And it's resonating because
0: yeah, yeah, and 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 although unfortunately the bar is very low at the moment, it, it does make it, it passes it. So yes. so good job, Black Panther, uh, on doing that. Yeah, um,
1: I think it's some of the, the the big parts of it. It like it feels like this is a real world. It's not just sort of like they take token things and and jam them in, but it has it has African aesthetics. Uh, And sort of glorifies in these things and creates creates a nation that you can say, oh, yeah, that feels like a real place. Um, There was a great documentation that I saw somebody went through and sort of said, oh, when when you see this people, when you see this character wearing these clothes or this type of makeup or this um, jewelry or a variety of things, the language that they spoke, they say, you know, this came from this uh, these people in Africa or from this nation and this is you know traditionally
0: associated with this uh, tribe and there's an etiology for all of the things that are that are in there it's not like they were just like oh, yeah Af- African stuff uh, you know masks uh, Maasai warrior robes like you know there was like just like they actually just kind of they were very thoughtful and very deliberate and constructing Kind of everything, which was super cool. Again and again, being being sophisticated and technologically advanced does not mean being uh, European. Yes, and exactly. That, that's a very important. That's a very important disjunction to make. That actually, like, there's a lot of what is what is associated with modernity and sophistication and development is is arbitrary and put on by European civilization.
1: Yeah, and and so it does. Sh- this is where that Afrofuturism comes in. Things championed by people like uh, Octavia Butler, more recently, I think, um, Nnedi Okorafor yeah. and N.K. Jemisin. They just have these fantastic stories that are based in sort of an African um, history and an African tradition that talk about still being advanced and futuristic and...
0: technological. And,
1: yeah, you can have science fiction, and it doesn't have to be European.
0: Yeah, and and how actually that ties bit tapers into like the real world because in a lot of ways, like like you know, a lot of African countries have no physical banking infrastructure because they just kind of skipped over like having like having like branches and just went directly to everyone online banks on their phone, and you know they haven't built a cumbersome wire phone line structure. They just have jumped straight to wireless uh, cellular communication completely. So in a certain sense, they are. Africa is a w- very futuristic place in honor <laughs> and, you know, and, and, is, and is doing things on the cutting edge a lot of the time uh, and represents a very exciting kind of version of the future. Yeah. But, we, but we, we're now going to jump into Wakanda its, itself. There's all this kind of broader politics surrounding uh, Black Panther's movie. Within the movie and within the narrative, there are some things that are very interesting to us as a... Yeah. the kind of podcast we are. So Marshall, what do you think about the Wakandan economy? Does it work in your mind? Ooh, does it
1: work? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so from the movie, I don't see how it can work. Um, I, I do have some, some major questions and concerns about how, how they've sort of portrayed things. Um, it, Wakanda is a nation that's based off of primary resource extraction, uh, and that's fitting um, given that so much of the African economy, nations in Africa, um, do rely on primary resource extraction. Most of this is unfortunately um, exploitative extraction at the hands of European and, and North American uh, corporations that go in and just destroy uh everything they don't care if there's people living there they don't care about
0: natural um giant like, giant pit mines toxic waste just dumped into the water course uh brutal warlords financed yeah. to yeah to clear entire up
1: ecosystems people. destroyed just because well we think there might be something valuable in the ground uh let's just tear it out uh or or these trees aren't producing anything so let's cut them all down and we'll grow something like coffee instead because we can Yes, it's it's interesting that Wakanda is also sort of the the very fact that they have a vibrant economy and and nation is because they have primary resource extraction and they're able to handle it and and um, direct it completely on their own
0: and and aren't and 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 see the and see the wealth of that and the benefit of that for themselves. It's not just going off to Belgium or the Netherlands or London or Canada or Canada. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we don't want to go down that one. Hey,
1: we gotta you gotta focus that lens on yourself too. Yeah, that's true. Um But because so much of the economy is that they all they only talk about uh you know mining vibranium. Yeah, there's agriculture and vibranium mining. Those are the only two industries you ever see. And and the agriculture you see doesn't seem to be very, very intensive. It seems very subsistence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And granted, we're not seeing a lot of Wakanda, but it just seems very strange that you don't see sort of like intensive farming. Mm-hmm. You have a small number of people who live sort of outside of Wakanda proper to keep up the ruse of Wakanda as a, a
0: poor... Poor subsistence farming nation. Yeah. yeah, and then we don't we don't see any other thing. And then a giant like metropolitan in- city with maglev trains and... <laughs> yeah, I'm like,
1: where where's everything else coming from? Mm-hmm. And because Wakanda specifically says, like, we don't trade with outside nations... They have to be self-sufficient somehow. Hmm. So I don't know if they were just blessed with an amazing selection of natural resources or that they they have vibranium as well as other more uh, less exotic metals. Um, So they have enough iron to build those
0: skyscrapers? Yeah, Yeah. I can't imagine (laughs) they built all those skyscrapers (laughs) from vibranium. No, there's no way. And also, also like, how did they not mine out all? Like, Like, there's still more vibranium to go. Like, they're still actively engaged in the mining of the vibranium. So it's interesting because yeah. it's a very – it's a fixed pool. Very. <laughs> there, there's a meteorite that hit the earth. I don't know how it didn't destroy the earth given everything we know about vibranium. But, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh,
1: so, it, yeah, do they ha- do they have intensive agriculture that produces – uh, the textiles for them and produces food for them and produces
0: everything. Consumer electronics and bracelets and <laughs> books, paper. Do they have a you know, yeah, they yeah. mill paper, like and where where is all that in Makonda? And I think the ruling family
1: seems to really control the supply of vibranium mm-hmm. and seems to have an outsized benefit from the supply. So it seems like there's there's a royal family that in a in a very sort of uh i don't know medieval way controls the resources and benefits from them and decides how to direct those benefits that they are wealthy and they have nice clothes and they have a very fantastic quality of life
0: but not everyone in wakanda does or or maybe they well i mean i think they kind of they kind of paint wakanda as being utopian and kind of like everyone's every you know like everyone's kind of like wealthy merchanty type people and you know and like like there's no there's no poverty and homelessness in, in wakanda that we kind of see like they kind of shared the uh, despite being a royal kingdom based on a tribal confederacy uh they are they're quite a, they're very egalitarian and very good and are very good good to their people so like they're they're benevolent they're benevolent monarchy they're benevolent monarchs
1: and yeah, I mean, except for the, about. like, there's the tribe that is the, the border tribe, mm-hmm. and they spend all of their time living outside of the metro- metropolitan Wakanda. They seem to just have subsistence agriculture where they are rhino mm-hmm. ranchers, mm-hmm. and they don't seem to have all of the benefits of Wakandan society.
0: Also, the Jabari explicitly say they shun all technology. Yeah.
1: yeah. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, is a personal choice. They're yeah. sort of like Wakandan Amish wakanda <laughs> So, I mean, you, yeah, you can make a choice and say, we're not going to benefit from, from what you guys are doing because we think it's wrong. Um, and that, I can't fault them for that.
0: They're too busy up on the side of a mountain wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what they do.
0: They're great. Love the Jabari.
1: I also, I mean, it's interesting. Maybe, maybe the Wakandans are just, you know, a better people. But we don't typically see this sort of egalitarian... Uh, advanced science, sort of society, develop under yeah. a monarchy.
0: Yeah, it's like I mean, I could, to be honest, the, when you look at like this, the 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 like the structure of the Wakandan government, it's actually identical to Saudi Arabia's. <laughs> yeah. You have a ruling you have a ruling family and they continue to rule through through consensus with with oligarch with uh with you know with patriarchs and matriarchs of tribal uh, communities. And yeah, just kinda you know, that that's exactly how Saudi Arabia works. Uh, uh, and we don't I mean, we I think, don't think of Saudi Arabia as being a great I mean, you know. Probably, probably the, the only difference with Saudi
1: Arabia is that your right to rule uh, is secured through combat.
0: Right, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Saudi Arabia. Does. I don't think you're right. I don't. I don't think Mohammed bin Salman is going to have to like have a sword fight with someone to become king when his dad dies. Yeah, yeah. Or fight his older, his older heroin-addled brother. <laughs> uh, it,
1: <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of like in Monty Python where the the peasant is saying, um, just because some some lady threw a sword at you doesn't give you uh, <laughs> the, right, the, to the, the, the <laughs> right to rule a kingdom. Right? We're an autonomous collective. Uh, I I'm not sure that being the best wrestler qualifies qualifies you to be the best king of a country, the
0: head of a nation state. But but anyway, all that aside, I mean that that is like and that is that is true regardless of your race or your geological location. There are royal kingdoms as we as we love to point out that we in Canada are live in the dominion of a queen. Yes, uh, and her heirs. So, you know, we uh it's it's tricky. It's real tricky.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes, we we do, and I'm not going to say that we don't because we do. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't direct our affairs, though.
0: In in the not not in the way that the not in the way that the uh, the Panther cult and the, and the hangers yes. on of the the King of Wakanda seem to. That's for sure. Uh, I think it's very interesting that they have a kingdom where the king, like the king, is like, oh, we need to catch this terrorist, and the king, you know, hops on his on his Quinjet and like shoots out there in a gunting. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed <laughs> at that. I
1: I mean, uh, I would have thought, and maybe maybe I'm crazy, but the king would probably have, like, uh, an, an elite squad of soldiers. And he does. The Dora yeah. Milaje are, are one, for sure. But, a tro- like, a squad that is loyal only to him, and he would also give them the heart-shaped flower. Yeah. And he would have this, like, yeah, a squadron of... Elite trained, very strong soldiers who support him in all things. And he'd be like, Oh, I need you three guys to go and <sighs> Yeah. You I need you three folks to go and
0: fetch me back this terrorist um, but anyway, that's that's how Wakanda works. It's pretty small, so you also get the you know like that, that's yeah. fair and and very courageous of uh, very courageous for the king to do that. Anyway, all this to say that that you know again it's one of things that doesn't quite fully make sense. Like it's a utopia, but it's also a, it's also a feudal monarchy, and you know like there's there's issues with that uh, structurally, I guess.
1: Wakanda has for centuries been following a policy of strict isolationism that they. They have a very intricate deception. Uh, they they hide their cities and they hide their wealth and they hide their technology. They just are very, very strict about no outsiders are allowed in. They have an entire tribe that guards their borders and turns people back and, and engages
0: in like subterfuge, subterfuge all yeah. of the time well, just to and, like and trick has people it has embedded agents all throughout the world also to monitor them and to make sure that there's no knowledge of Wakanda.
1: Yeah. all yeah. So they're very, very isolationist. I, I think, it, I mean, it would be incredibly expensive to to maintain something like that. I also don't know, is it like a military sort of like tour? You go out and you do like your time in the border. You know, you're out there for six months or a year or something, and then you get to come back and spend time with your family and, and enjoy being in the metropolitan
0: yeah i don't know i don't know it's like yeah is that, that's a good question is like is being a beleaguered uh african peasant for cnn like a part-time job people have or is that yeah. like yeah i don't know i don't know we don't know uh
1: and and this this isolationism though uh is finally coming to an end um t'chaka the, the black panther current black panther's father uh goes to the U.N. and says, it's time for Wakanda to take its place in the world. And everyone's sort of like, why, what, Wakanda? Yeah, sure, I guess. Okay. You guys are poor, yeah. but if you want us to help you out, we can. Uh, and then T'Challa, obviously he dies in the last, T'Chaka dies in the last movie. T'Challa now is the king. and he, And he's deciding sort of, do we keep going with this isolationism or do we follow my father's plan to, you know, go out in the world and, and and if we do go out in the world, what's, what's our role? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, some 20, 30 years in the past, uh, T'Chaka went and visited his brother who was in the United States doing... A mission. Was on some mission and became corrupted because he... Corrupted in like the Wakandan, <laughs> like he no longer followed the Wakandan isolation plan, and he, he wanted he violated he, Wakanda's Logan Act.
0: He, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, suffered, he he came to sympathize with the plight of black nationalists within the United States, and wanted to begin arming them to help them create an, either an autonomous homeland or some, some sort of a black nationalist vision within the United States. And which, T'Chaka said, "No, that's not happening. It's time for you to come home." And
1: when his brother said, I'm going to do this, and whatever, I I think he tried to take someone hostage or didn't want to come home or something, T'Chaka decided to just kill him. Kill him. He disobeyed my direct order. Uh, I am Judge Judy Executioner. Bam. He's dead. Uh, He didn't know, though, or at least pretended not to know, that his brother had a son. So T'Chaka's nephew, who was a child outside of the the apartment building in which his, his dad was just killed. Uh, and they left him behind. And this is Eric Killmonger. Uh, he, I think he got Killmonger as a name later in life. I don't think that was his yeah, I mean, it's family his, like, name. He's like
0: Marine nickname because he just love killing folks. And so, he grows up knowing land. that he's
1: uh, Wakandan, hiding it from everybody, even the Wakandans, becomes an elite killer, gets really great grades in school, joins the Marines, becomes a killer, is just known for having a super high body count, secretly scarifies his body with every for every kill that he receives so he's he's a very bumpy dude because he's got a lot of a lot of kills mm-hmm. you see when he he takes his shirt off
0: <laughs> uh
1: that was me fanning myself imagining michael b jordan topless
0: he's very charismatic and very likable like that the character, yeah, the, oh yeah, yeah. And the way in the way he's played, like, is very much you, 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 I, you like him. You like, oh him. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, I kind of want you to win until the end when he's like, then just does a complete one eighty on that. It just is arbitrarily very crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was a marine, and then he comes back and becomes I don't know, like a cat burglar or something. <laughs> it's very
0: yeah. conspires yeah. with
1: with uh, yeah. Claw to steals some vibranium and then kills claw and takes the vibranium and claw's body back to wakanda where he says you know i didn't have a chance to challenge the king for rule over wakanda and i'm a member of the royal family yeah i have royal blood just like you do uh, we're the same so t'challa says okay okay fine we didn't include you let's go back and have another fight he and loses the fight killmonger wins killmonger um, wins and reveals like his overall goal that he says you know what isolationism is over and when we're not going to be isolated anymore we're going to create a wakandan empire and we will
0: rule the world i i I do want to say that there there, that it doesn't quite go like that first he says we are going to arm we are going to we are going to arm beleaguered people around the world to rise up against their governments under the rule of the people that we have and then that's an addendum says and this will be the foundation of the wakandan empire it, okay, it, I guess his sentence was longer than I portrayed it. Well, no, but no, no, like I know he doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't initially say it. like he says I've seen people suffer enough and I want to give them the tools to free themselves. And then and then and then when they're having the showdown on top of the the vibranium mountain, then he that's when he gives his big speech about like we can do it better, we can run the world better. No, he says it in the throne room. Okay, he right. says we're gonna ha- we're gonna
1: arm these people. And we have agents in each of those countries. They will lead these rebellions. Yeah. And that will create the Wakandan Empire.
0: OK. Well, anyway, I, I think th- anyway, regardless of how it's presented, I guess. Um, so it becomes a dynastic thoughts.
1: struggle. There's two there's two ways of entering yeah. I- ending isolationism. And mm-hmm. and T'Challa kind of comes to the conclusion that, yes, we need to be out in the world. Um, His his lover sort of guides him in that direction of like, look, these bad things are happening to people who look just like us because they look like us. We can't just ignore that. So, he's like, yes, we need to get out in the world. We need to maybe not arm people for rebellion, but arm them with knowledge and give them power to
0: run their own lives. Yeah. So, he
1: wants Wakanda to be like a beacon of
0: Yeah, and at the end when he in the end he what he does is he actually like takes the site of his uncle's murder and turns into a big like community outreach center and, you know, university, like kind of like knowledge exchange campus in, in Oakland. Yeah. So, you know, which is, which is cool. Um, Yeah. And so that kind of is the, that kind of is the struggle then between them. Uh, I, I, and I don't disagree with Eric entirely. Yeah. Well, what I want to say is there's a problem. There's two thoughts embedded in what Eric is saying, embedded in Killmonger's thing. One, one is, one is like, one is breaking, Breaking imperialism, and and then, and then as an addendum, and I think partially because this is, you need him to actually be a bad guy and not completely sympathetic. Then you have to have the egomaniacal imperialism, like mm-hmm. Wakandan imperialism piece, tacked mm-hmm. onto that. And I don't, you know, and I think and I understand why you would write that, because and why wait, actually you need to write that. You're not taking that script about, yeah, we're going to arm black people so they can kill Whitey and get themselves free. I don't see Disney signing off on that script. You need to be like, well, kill Whitey and make yourself free so we can then be slaves of Wakanda because we're so great. And I'm a person with emotional problems, which is, I think, a very very important thing that they have to do is they have to they have to invalidate. They have to they have to invalidate that notion very quickly because it's actually an incredibly dangerous thought uh, to be introducing in, in a in a major syndicated Hollywood Movie <laughs> on made by the biggest media uh, conglomerate in the world. I love the hashtag Killmonger was right. Uh, kind of thing that's going on on Twitter around this movie. It's really great. <laughs> but but you're right. As it's presented in the movie, it's batshit insane.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I mean, I don't think he's wrong about ending imperialism. <laughs> um, black people are exploded everywhere. Uh, racism is not gone. And, Something needs to be done to sort of level the playing field. He was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly was <laughs> uh the bloodshed would have been terrifying and and disastrous but
0: well then yeah, there certainly is this problem with, with dumping guns into places, and there is certainly in a time when the United States is dumping arms into regions all over the world and and conflict I mean. <laughs> it's it's a difficult thing to get on board with in the public sphere to be like yeah we need to distribute more arms because it can it can come back on you
1: real bad and I mean often often rebel groups there's more to them than just sort of we want to overthrow whatever uh, sort of imperialist power is in place we saw it I mean like you do it all it happens all the time but it does often sort of backfire right um, Afghanistan we gave a lot of arms to rebels and overthrew yeah. the Russian sort of yeah. control of, of Afghanistan. And then we're like, ah, shoot, now we have to go kill those people that we helped yeah. set up as a government.
0: Well, there's this whole, there's this whole, yeah. I mean, like to what extent are, or to what extent is like Islamic extremism air quotes or like Wahhabist, like militia, to what extent are they our enemy or are they, sorry, the United States is enemy or subcontractor. And they are, have a very fluid, dynamic in that because you talk about like you know talk about like al qaeda in you know like in syria al qaeda is the primary uh, you know like recipient uh, of american arms and or was i guess before they ended the program and now you know the syrian army is actually starting to reassert itself in a meaningful way
1: and and something like the lords resistance army mm-hmm. uh, yes it it wants to overthrow different nation states and Disagrees with how countries are being run, but I'm not sure that I want to see the large resistance army being given Wakandan weapons.
0: Well, yeah, well, it becomes yeah. I, well, you know, yeah, it gets real. It gets real ugly. Really, yeah, exactly. Uh, Just
1: because you're you're also opposed to imperialism doesn't make you a, an automatically a good person. There's <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, and you know, I think, and I think it becomes this whole issue of like we also hold people who are opposing imperialism to a higher ethical standard than we hold people who are down with imperialism right like you know uh so we we you know we which is why we we love the anc well or love the anc until they put forward their wealth and land redistribution program and now we and now we're going to see very quickly everyone turn against the anc and go on and on about their their terrible human rights record and the white genocide they're perpetrating um uh, all in air quotes there's no white genocide i, I am completely supportive of the anc's move to <laughs> to redistribute wealth in south africa it's desperately needed there and around the world but yeah no it's messy and it's ugly but it I, it huh something's got to give
1: yes I, I mean i'm i'm not saying there's a right answer to this or anything i'm just not there might be a wrong answer Okay. Well, I think just like wide, widespread warfare across the entire globe, I don't. I would say is, is a wrong answer. It is
0: an answer, but I think it's the wrong one. Fair enough. I don't know the right answer though. My other thing is is for for Wakanda to stage its world its world tour, it's going to have to monetize. And this is, I think, the other. This is this is the unspoken thing about Wakanda's departure onto the world stage is that for Wakanda to become to have a position to run a community center in Oakland, they need cashola they need american greenbacks to buy that land and operate that center so how are they going to get this money they're going to sell their vibranium and they sell and selling their share in the vibranium they're going to irrevocably change the whole structure <laughs> they're really going to they're going to change the game and they're going to lose their monopoly their 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 arms monopoly yeah i wonder if they're actually going to sell the vibranium or if they're going to sell
1: the scientific advancements that vibranium has brought like they'll just sell knowledge mm-hmm. rather than the raw material. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think there's enough people that would want to buy the science. Sure.
0: But yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting question again, and there's no real answer. They're going to have to sell something. Yeah. They they're, they're going to have they're going to have to Now that the isolation is done, they have yeah. to offer something in exchange. You yeah. can't just get mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And so the, so there's like, you know, if 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 what protected Wakanda from colonial settler european uh, settler colonialism um was isolation then they're really putting themselves in the crosshairs by going back out there now um so it's interesting i think uh oh can we talk about morgan martin morgan Free, martin friedman's uh depiction the cia agent who's like kind of the friend of the black panther like he is a terrible cia agent He's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that guy, he's one of our assets. (laughs) Just just fingers Eric Stevens like immediately. It's like, yeah, that guy, he's an an American special forces sent to destabilize regimes. And also the fact that, like, yeah, this is what America does all the time. We're cool with and like, really? Mm -hmm. We're just cool with this? Like, you you should never trust a CIA agent. (laughs) You should never, (laughs) never do that. (laughs) And any depiction of a CIA agent that isn't a CIA agent doing something absolutely terrible and murderous isn't torturing people selling drugs or arms is is an inaccurate depiction of a cia agent there were some there were some definitely bizarre things that happened that is the wonderful and contradiction-packed world of <laughs> wakanda and again just a, a significant and important movie um i'm really grateful to if nothing else that we got the character shuri was really awesome <laughs> on a personal note, but uh, but yeah, it's I mean, quite amazing and quite interesting. I think it's gonna, his, I think in context, this is gonna prove to be kind of like an important departure point. Absolutely. Do you want to wrap us up, take us home? Thanks so much for listening. This has been Androids and Assets
1: talking about Black Panther. You can find us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Basically, wherever you get podcasts, we are there. Uh, if there's somewhere that you try to get podcasts and we're not there, let us know. We'll try to get there. You can also find us on Twitter at AssetDroid. Before we go, I just want to point out Stephen failed in his duties, um, so we're gonna we're gonna cut the the, the recording. But um, what sort of warning should you have
0: given? Oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> No no if it's if it's less than five weeks, but you don't get a spoiler warning. Oh yeah. Yeah.